Hey everyone, welcome to the DHF podcast. I'm Sam Sears, pastor at the Fountain Christian Church and a DHF board member. And I have with me... My name is Rick Grace, and I get to serve as the DHF Church Liaison, position I've been in for about three years now. And we, Sam, are privileged today to have with us uh, Kim Holly, who is the chairperson of the DHF board, or rather, as she likes to be referred to as Madam Boss. <laughs> now, there's got to be a story behind that one, Kim. It is. There is. Thank you for having me, guys. Um, I'm actually pastor of LaGrange Christian Church in LaGrange, North Carolina. It is a Disciples of Christ congregation. And... Um, I'm blessed to be here. Uh, yeah, the story behind Madam Balls. So whenever uh, I was asked to join the board, Rick was already church liaison. And uh, upon accepting the position on the board, Rick sent me an email uh, saying, welcome to the board. Does this mean I have to call you boss? To which I replied, no, it's Madam Boss to you. <laughs> and unfortunately, that has stuck. So uh, good to see everyone. And that's why you see that name in the corner of the screen. So. Well, at least you don't require me to genuflect or anything like that when I, <laughs> when I come before you. <laughs> now we, we're good. We're good. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Rick, some of our younger pastors may not even know what you just referenced. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be the young person on the, the host team. And Scott, too. He's just a click older than me. That's true. I'll just, if, if you're ever in a Catholic worship service and you notice before they'll go into a pew, they will kneel and and cross themselves that's considered genuflecting and 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 madam boss just she doesn't require that she's she's more more humble more humble oh yeah just <laughs> special tokens and gifts are appreciated <laughs> appreciate you kim thanks for being with us today right back at you thanks for having me guys the the three of us uh serve on the board together and you can tell they're all super serious meetings right? Uh, very Absolutely. spiritual people, very enlightened. We just stick right to the business. Obviously, we have plenty of fun and I, I'm glad. I know how I got kind of pulled into DHF and I, I believe you've told me, Kim, but I'm just curious, uh, could you tell everybody listening? As many of our um, affiliates and, and members and um, friends in DHF uh, was serving in a DOC congregation and um you know, things came to light and realized that myself and the congregation I was serving as youth pastor at the time didn't agree with some of the theology and um, biblical understandings that the, the denomination did. And so through a lot of soul searching and prayer, the church as well as myself um, removed ourselves from DOC. And in, when we did that, when we were making that decision, we knew we wanted to stay connected with someone or with a group that was uh, Stone Campbell tradition, Reformation background. And um, that's how we found DHF. Um, we did a lot of searching, a lot of praying and discovered that they existed. We weren't even aware of it before. And mm -hmm. we had um, Kevin Ray and um Oh my, Doug Harvey, um, come to our church to talk with us, and we met them and just fell in love with DHF and what they stood for, and that's Christ in the Bible, and um, definitely knew God had aligned us and brought us together, and that is how I became aware and, and came affiliated with DHF. Let, let me ask you one little point of clarity. So you you were made you made this decision congregationally to withdraw 
from the Disciples of Christ before you ever learned that there was a Disciple Heritage Fellowship. Basically, right? yeah. So we knew um, after attending one of the General Assemblies, we knew that we were going to leave the denomination. That was um, that was a done deal. We knew that was over. Uh, didn't want to just walk away and be an independent church on our own. We wanted to be affiliated with other churches, have a um, you know a family that we could rely on and call on to support one another. And so before we made the actual vote to leave, we did research and that's when we found out about DHF. So when we did vote as a congregation, it was two separate votes, but back to back um, because we had, it took, it took about a year for us to discern what to do. Like I said, the decision to leave was, was the easy one. It was where are we going and where's the Lord leading us. So. Well, that's, that's a good clarity because a lot of, a lot of times it, DHF is accused of intentionally looking to target um, churches and almost with the requirement that they leave the denomination to become a part of DHF. And I, I, I appreciated that clarity that that was, that was not the sequence that, that you all went through. DHF definitely, definitely did not come seeking us. Like I said, we didn't even know it existed until we were facing that decision of where do we go next? What are we to do and who are we going to, to align with? Who do we agree with? That's how we found it. Coming from the outside. So I've listened to Doug Harvey. I've listened to you. And obviously in the board meetings, I've listened. Um, it's interesting that DHF has that representation because I came more from the non-denominational and the, and the Calvary Chapel world. Um, I only see love for DOC churches. I don't see this, this hunt, this hate, or this try to pry them away. And instead I see help. Uh, and and obviously you see something too because you didn't just go in that direction. You've switched churches since then, so you've stayed in DHF. Why have you stayed as opposed to just why did you join in the first place? What kept you here? Again, it's it's being with that like minded group, uh, a group of people who affirm Christ and who affirm the Scriptures as authority. That is huge. And it, if we can't be with other people, uh, other Christians who affirm that. I mean, why would you leave that? I mean, we know, you know, not everyone, unfortunately, we know not everyone, every denomination, every church does affirm that. And to find that family that tells you this is the truth, that's, that's huge. And then to add to the fellowship and like I said, the family that's come out of that, it, it started out, we were looking for somewhere to be so that we aligned with people who um, had that same understanding. But from there, it has grown into a major family. I, I'm part of one of the Tuesday study groups. Uh, there's pastor study groups that we do with Rick that he started. Thankfully, that's my family. When things are tough, I turn to them as quick as I do anyone who's physically next to me. If there's anything going on, I know Rick is there. I know the whole board is there and so many more. I mean, I could name tons of names of people. Um, example, today happens to be my birthday. And one of the first phone calls I got this morning was from one of the pastors in my study group, from he and his wife. He and his wife, catch that. It goes beyond us just becoming friends as pastors and having a family that way, but the extension you know, we pray for one another, we love one another, we support one another, and there's just DHF, they got it going on, and uh, that may be self-serving as board president, but 
um, it, 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 they do. It's our family and we're there for one another. So that's what's kept us. How did you end up as a uh, board president? <laughs> you know, I, I heard the Madam Boss story with Rick asking you. So I got the name, but was there anything that made you accept beyond just being able to pick on Rick a little bit extra? <laughs> Um, it was, it was rather, um, it caught me off guard. I will say, matter of fact, I look back at the message before we started this today and Michael Tenike, um, who a lot of us are familiar with, he reached out he was board chair for years and years. And he reached out and asked me if I would entertain being on the board, uh, told him I need to pray about it. And, um, just knowing what a strong, again, family, strong organization, um, the vision of caring for pastors and churches. It was something I wanted to be part of and something my heart is part of already. And it was another way to continue to, to be there. Um, it was funny when I did uh, message Michael back and tell him I would accept, but ask what I was getting into. Um, he said, uh, I wish I can't remember the exact words, but basically uh, look out for what's coming, you know? Um, <laughs> so again, that whole suckered in thing. But um, yeah, it was, it was fantastic to be asked. Um, Don't know why they asked me. I've yet to figure that out myself, Um, but just grateful to be part of the group. We were in a position at that time on the board where we had suspended our own bylaws temporarily um, to really rebrand and try to figure out what God was saying and calling us to do and be. So we had people who had been on the board for longer than their three-year terms. And when we started to reinstitute some of that again, and people rolling off the board because of, of, of board limits, um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want this to sound as bad as it's going to sound, <laughs> but the resource pool of people who are going to continue on the board, um, all of the longer tenured members were rolling off and, and the board had a very honest discussion of whoever we brought into the, the, the board chairperson position was going to have much of a less, much less history with DHF at that point. But we looked at it and, and looked at some of the wars you had been through, Kim, uh, the, the church you were serving in North Carolina that became a, a, uh, one of the leaders uh, within a, a, a grouping of churches that all left the disciples at the same time and, and clustered together. Um, but by that time, you, you had moved to, to Indiana. You were pastoring a church uh, in Indiana. And we just thought you were, we, you were strategically positioned as one of the newer members and yet had a good developing history that we just, we, we believe that was the position God was calling you to. Thank you. So what I heard in there was that, you know, Board pickings were slim, and that's probably how I also got on the following year. Like, uh, well, Cal- Sam's in California. I mean, we need somebody from the West Coast. Let's just, well. Hey, just Sam, you're in good company because apparently, you know, we, we both fit that criteria. So. <laughs> well, both of you guys live in the coastal areas. Those of us that live in the flyover country, as it's now called. <laughs> well, you mentioned coming on the board. And that was an interesting time for DHF because as we've learned along the way, Doug Harvey mentioned some of the history in a previous episode, uh, we kind of hit a hard spot. So how has DHF changed since you've been on the board and been board president, Madam Boss? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and it's even kind of funny because 
um, I knew that at the time DHF was kind of changing headquarters. You know, it was being moved to Decatur or had been. I knew Rick was, had come on as church liaison. Um, but in my, I don't, I don't even know what word to use. Rick would have some bright, intelligent word of 20 letters for this, but I don't. Um, but I, I even was not aware of just how much was going on with the uh, leadership and board of DHF at the time when I was asked. Um, if I did, I may have said no, no. Um, but there, there was a lot going on. You're right. A lot of more metamorphosis that I think even um, not just me, but a lot of people in DHF and, and through our network was unaware of maybe what was happening. Um, I don't want to say behind the scenes. It's just that, you know, we're all involved in our churches and our own lives and running our congregations that we don't see all the day-to-day stuff that DHF is going, you know, was going through at the time. Um, so then coming onto the board and learning the things that were happening uh, and, you know, Michael eventually stepping away as board chair and, you know, he had been a, a rock for DHF for so many years and, and still is, he's still there. We, we haven't kicked him to the curb or anything. Um, but um, to then look around and go, okay, Lord, what are you doing? And, and to learn of just, um, where DHF was rocky for a period of time and not really knowing it and then finding that out. But by the time I'm kind of hearing this, we're already making that turn and the Lord was doing already something amazing. And Rick was making so many contacts with churches and pastors and the attention DHF was starting to get. Um, It was amazing. It's been phenomenal to watch and be part of it. And I can't help but but share this uh, in one of our board meetings, Wayne Kent, which you all know, um, you know, just retired as, as executive director. In one of our meetings, he said, and, and as long as he's been with DHF, which is, you know, decades, he said, I'm continually amazed that the Lord uses us for this, you know, and what the Lord's doing with DHF. And I think that's how I would sum up from the time I came on to now, learning, um, where DHF was, you know, I'm sure what Doug shared with you and the things that, that they went through from disciple renewal into DHF to now and seeing that the Lord is still moving us forward and we're helping more and more churches and pastors each and every day. It blows your mind. Um, you know, we all go into ministry, whether we're lay people in the church or whether we're pastors, we go in wanting to serve the Lord and we know he can do all things, but yet we're still amazed every day at what he does. And I, I think that sums up where we are now and where we've been the last few years. We're just amazed at what God's doing and we're just thankful we get to be part of it. So a lot of growth in a short period of time. What would you say to a church that, that reaches out to DHF right now? What would... What would your what would you say about DHF to that church? Well, hold on tight because if you join with DHF, there's no telling what the Lord's about to do with you. Um, <laughs> he just again that continue to be amazed at what He does when you align with the people and a group that affirms Christ as Lord and Savior. When you when you do that, the Lord will use you in mighty ways. But um, as I've shared with several other um, people who have recently ask questions or, or, you know, attended the conference, maybe who weren't familiar with DHF in the past, you know, I've told them, just look around you. You have people that understand you who 
mm-hmm. have walked the places you've walked. It may not be on the same level. It may, be, may not be the exact same stories, but most of us have walked um, the walk you're walking. You have, you have camaraderie. You have people who understand you. We have, you have people who can, um, who feel the thing, have felt the things that you're feeling and have gone through the things you're going through. And you're not alone. You know, you do have a family here. And, and I don't use that term lightly. I'm being very serious with that. I know flippantly people will say, you know, it's a family, whatever. But it's very serious. It's very um, taken to heart by all those who are part of DHF. And so I would say to them, grab a hold, use DHF, take, take advantage of the resources that, that are at your fingertips and let us love you as Christ does in all seriousness. And also let us help you through whatever you're going through. Let us celebrate the good things with you. You know, that, that's the other side. You know, we, we celebrate the joys with each other. Um, we're here for you. Whatever it is you need, whatever it is we can do, we're here. Thank you. Thank you. I can really just second and amen that from whenever I've had a difficulty and it's not just what do I do with maybe a denominational setting, but it's inside the church. I, I've you know looked to Rick. I, I've heard from you. I, I've heard from other board members, especially as a, you know, I was always the assistant pastor and this is the first time I've been the senior pastor to deal with some of those challenges that I just, I naively didn't anticipate it would be that different, you know, but it mm-hmm. really is different. And so facing that, I've been able to lean on you guys, but then there's also the good, like all the, the giving that we participated in to uh, the Ukrainian refugees in Poland yes. and to see all the churches come together. I know that our church, you know, we even recreated something that was done at the conference with the, the worship video and things like that and talking with another church's tech team that kind of thing so that we have that extra resource that we wouldn't have known how to do otherwise is super helpful. I, I think that might be a taste of what's to come. Yeah. And, and the, the Ukrainian effort is a prime example of what I was saying. You know, if, if, you, if you affiliate or you want to be part of DHF, be blown away what the Lord's going to do with you because, you know, when Wayne um, presented the idea to the board or, or told us that he was going to be uh, going to Ukraine and, um, you know, they were looking for funds to help the the Ukrainians over there. Um, you know, we said, hey, let's send it out to our DHF churches and, and give them an opportunity, an outlet, um, a ministry tool to use for giving. And over $21,000, I mean, that's insane. We never thought it would be that. Um, but look what the Lord did. So it's so much fun to sit back and watch this and, and to say, go Jesus. To segue on top of that, the... The total giving between Decatur First and DHF churches across the country is now pushing one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. Wow. It's an incredible amount of money, and God has uniquely positioned Wayne there because, of, as you both know, Wayne was a professional musician before he became a lead pastor, and much of his uh, mu- musical ministry was done behind the Iron Curtain in Ukraine and Poland and those areas. He's known people there for 40 years. So the people that we are relying on now to have boots on the ground for that $180,000 plus, we're just not given to a piece of the pie. This is going to people who are personally known. So we have a real, real sense of assurance that these gifts are going exactly where they need to be. 
to help the refugees, to help the children, to help uh, moms who are having to go to work to supply, to supply their children because their fathers and husbands and sons are at war mm-hmm. back in the Ukraine. It's really been, you know, God's hand has just been all over it. Okay. Well, if that's a taste of what's to come, Kim, can you give us any other ideas of maybe where DHF is going next? Not a clue. No. <laughs> <laughs> Best interview yet. Awesome. <laughs> I knew that's the answer you wanted. Um, no, uh, well, oddly enough, we just finished board meeting and, um, and in talks with Brian, who's now lead pastor of Decatur, um, you know, we were talking about that if we've learned anything through COVID is that we don't know what's more holds. However, um, without trying to be prophetic or, you know, like I have some um, look into the actual future to know what's coming. I just, I continue, can, I, I believe we will continue to see the, the same things we've been seeing. Churches and pastors reaching out to us, continuing to, to grow and helping more people um, and more believers we are in conversations of about hiring another staff person. Um, and because it's overwhelming for Rick at times, there's so many directions he's being pulled and we want to make sure that we are not, yes, we want to help Rick. Okay. That's part of it. But the larger part is we don't want anyone to be missed. We, we want to be available and be able to help mm-hmm. any church or pastor at any minute. They need that help. And right now, um, you know, between the study groups, the Zoom groups uh, that Rick is part of, and then the traveling across the country that he does, and um, all the phone calls and the texts and the emails, it, it's really beginning to um, pile up. And we don't want there to be a backlog. We don't pe- we don't want um, churches and pastors to have to wait. But we all know that crisis in church doesn't wait for anyone. And when it happens, it happens, and we have to be able to respond. Um, you know, we, we've been fortunate. We've had several churches reaching out looking for um, pulpit supply and even looking uh, at how to hire their next pastors. Those things can't wait. You know, we can't say, well, Rick's really busy right now. Give us a month. We'll get back to you. So um, we are looking at a second person to take on part of that role. Not sure what that's going to look like yet. Um, we're in, of course, talks with First Decatur because they are, are a huge support. Uh, system for us and the things that they can do, you know, putting on the conference, um, helping put out our uh, newsletters and such. So, you know, how do we balance um, their assistance and their backing us? Um, you know, they're vital to what we do. How do we work that together? Um, but there's going to be good things coming. Again, not being trying to be prophetic, but uh, I, I fully believe there's still a lot of more good to a lot more good to come. Um, and uh, we get to watch it and be part of it. You know, Kim, as a, a, again, as a follow-up to that, we, we, you know, we recognize that maybe Decatur is not the vacation capital of the world, <laughs> and, and not everybody is able to travel to Decatur for conferences or whatever. But because of where some of the clusterings of churches are, that, and I, you know, I, I think one of the next pieces of the strategy We'll be doing things regionally, whether it's a retreat format or a mini conference format. I don't think any of us know at that stage, but I'm kind of excited about being able to look at and target specifically quadrants around the country where we can do things on on a more regional basis. Because we are well aware that 
you know, not, not every pastor can just take off on a Sunday and travel and go where they want to go. You know, um, pastors and, and lay leaders in the church, the church has to run on Sunday mornings. And, you know, while Decatur does have some fabulous things to offer, like some excellent food, um, <laughs> they, uh, um, you know, it's not always possible for people to travel. So we are trying to, to find ways to, to help on local levels and be available and, and to help join churches together on local levels. Again, you know, it's that family concept. It's not just about all of us going to Decatur. We're not all going to Mecca, you know, once a year. Um, you know, it's not all about just everybody traveling to Decatur to be together for a weekend. We want to, to understand and know we have people every day outside of our doorsteps that are there for us. Um, you know, we're, we're fortunate that uh, here in North Carolina, we have several DHF churches that are within a few hours of each other. And we, we make sure we stay connected and we know that we're there for each other and we do some things together. And we want the rest of the country to, to have that same thing on their level where they have pastors they can call on, um, you know, on a weekly basis if they want to. I'll give a couple of, of real examples. Recently, um, one of the pastors in North Carolina, his son died. So myself and some of the other uh, DHF pastors were able to go and be there with him through that. Uh, one of the other North Carolina pastors recently had a um, heart attack and they needed help with pulpit supply. And we were able to join together and help get that filled for them. So we desperately uh, want to get some things started on regional levels so that the DHF churches know who each other are. They can learn um, each other's names and habits and, and, you know, what each other's needs are and be there for each other again through the good and the bad. You mentioned North Carolina, Kim, and, and I was wondering if maybe you could just tell us a little bit more about uh, how that region in particular has, has worked together because uh, I've got, some churches near me in California, and I would love for some of us to learn from you a little bit uh, so that we could cluster might not be the right word, but we could have some more regional interaction. Mm-hmm. What do you guys do to, to keep that regional interaction alive? We have um, some representatives from the different churches in the, in the area who meet together, not on a, a strictly regular basis, but a few times a year. And we work together to put on um, two times a year uh, to be together. Once a year, we get together and have someone like maybe Rick or Michael to come in and um, speak to us a topic that maybe is important or just to encourage our congregations. And so it's like a big worship day. So um, sort of like, you know, part of what we do at the, the national conference, but on a local level. And we have uh, speakers and worship music and, and praise. And we just... And we have lunch. That's always important is lunch. And um, so we join together and, and just have a big worship day. And then the other time of year that we meet, we do seminars. Uh, again, things that may be important for what's going on in the world or in our congregations at this time. Um, the ones we just had um, a few months ago, it was the seminar. We do that in the springs, the spring. And it was about, um, one of the seminars was about mental health and how that's affecting our people and how we can serve uh, and help with that. And the other was how to reach um, disconnected Christians and unchurched people, because we all know since COVID, we have people who haven't come back to church. So those were the seminars we did. Um, So hopefully we can do some things like that on 
throughout the rest of the country on, on different regional levels and uh, just, again, do things that help our churches and our people grow. Awesome. So maybe one final question that came to mind is if there's, is there anything on your heart right now, as you think about the future at DHF that, that you want to kind of put on the plate? I know this isn't a board meeting, but just, or a vision type of strategic meeting, but is there anything that you're just pondering, you know, we're not quite there yet, but I'd really like to get to the point where we could do this. I think we've talked about most of it. I'm just very passionate about the regional level stuff. Um, having seen the benefit that, that it is, um, you know, again, not, not saying, Hey, it's my birthday, but, um, I've, you know, again, today's my birthday. I've gotten several texts and messages from the pastors here around, um, in North Carolina. And just, if we could get that same camaraderie and that same relationship going in other areas so that on a day-to-day basis, DHF is there. Um, I just, I'm very passionate about that. So that's my hope is that we definitely can get that stuff started. And, and that absolutely scratches a discernible national need. One of, the, one of the primary reasons that people are leaving the ministry in droves right now, you know, that right now in the U.S., um, full, you know, full-time pastoral ministry has a dropout rate in, Essex, in excess of 80%. It's, it's almost pushing 90 and the number one reason is a sense of isolation and loneliness. So being there with a network such as DHF, we can specifically address that sense of isolation, that sense of loneliness. And we can say to our pastors, you're not alone. There is a group behind you. And that, yeah, vitally important, Kim. So thank you. Thank you for the reminder. Awesome. Well... I think we've learned some tidbits about the future of DHF. You know, we're looking at some more regional things. That's on our board president's part. And so if you see her at the next conference, be sure to call her Madam Boss and tease her about that. Uh, But no, despite the Madam Boss um, joke, she really is humble. I'm really glad to have learned from her and Rick. And for us younger board members, I feel like we get to just sit in and, and listen to some folks and learn. But then the same thing happens at the conferences and the Zooms and, and all Amen. that. So uh, reach out to us if you have a need, a question or something like that. And we hope that you are enjoying our podcast so far. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, guys. Good to see everyone.